Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is actually the first episode we've recorded this year. Uh, I know last last episode was our first one of the new year. We recorded that back in early December, and this is our first episode 2023. Welcome back, Jesse. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? You welcome back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> oh yeah, we are still still alive in 23. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. All right, today we're talking about the 1991 action comedy film about, I don't know, what is it, like a family reunion for criminals? Yeah, it's, it's, oh. like, a, it's like a white trash Disney movie or something. It really is. It really is. We're watching Fast Getaway. Yeah. This movie uh, was made in 91, but it wasn't released in nine, until 94, and there's no budget or revenue numbers for it so it must have been direct to video oh yeah it was like direct to cable there was a bunch of movies that i grew up watching it was like that like it was like i don't know they were just making stuff for hbo and cinemax they didn't care if it like made any money as you know definitely some kind of shady tax write-off like type gig yeah and uh, a lot of more like yeah like loose action plot or action uh thing with just a bunch of Silly, like juvenile jokes and shit thrown in. Uh, yeah, this, this was, is like a like a TNT Saturday afternoon movie when they couldn't show Rambo again. Yeah, and so like, yeah, th- they just flooded the cable. You know, it wasn't even the video stores; it was just like cable. You know. Yeah. And I grew up with cable, so it, I kind of like how I got turned on these movies. But this one sticks out a lot because they actually made a sequel to this. And then, like, so sometimes, like, yeah, there would be Fast Getaway 1 and 2, like, back-to-back. Yeah. Movie was directed by Spiro Rosado. He has directed this movie and two others, Class of 1999 to The Substitute and Team Knight Rider. Most of his work has been as a stuntman and a second unit director, though. He was second unit director on Captain America Winter Soldier. The last five Fast and the Furious movies, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, and Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Damn. And he's got stunt credits all over the place, including Goonies, Return of the Living Dead, Back to the Future, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Police Academy 2, Venom, the entire Fast and the Furious franchise, and Invaders from Mars. Hell yeah. So this guy's a stuntman all over the place, wanted to try his hand at making movies, went back to being a stuntman. Yeah. And like you notice, the movies that he did make were like action-packed stunt, you know, related right. guys. Like this movie. Because you do what you know. Yeah. It was written by James Dixon as a writer. He hasn't turned out much of anything worth watching. He wrote uh, this movie and the sequel, Fast Getaway 2, Return to Salem's Lot. He also wrote. Well, oh, uh, I, I watched that like uh, last year. They they put it on Tubi, like the whole thing, and it's like, oh god. Yeah, I can imagine. It, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was back early in Stephen King's career before he realized that he needed to maintain maintain control of his stories or else. Yeah. Apparently, that's a lesson he had to learn many times over, and it really didn't stick until Children of the Corn. <laughs> now, as an actor, James Dixon played Richard Nixon in Is There Sex After Death? And he also played a cop in a bunch of movies. He was a cop in all three of the It's Alive movies. He was also a cop in Grimm, The Ambulance, Maniac Cop 2, Wicked Stepmother, and Cue the Winged Serpent. Oh, man. I've seen like every one of those movies. Cue the Winged Serpent. I've never seen, and it sounds just bizarre. Oh no, we gotta we gotta do that. The guy okay. that made the guy that made the stuff, he makes that. Oh God, 
<laughs> yeah, he's talking about Michael play because, like, you know, Michael Moriarty is in the, the stuff, and he pretty much plays the same character. Okay. Maybe a little less greasy than that Mo guy from the stuff, but it, it's the same thing. It's like, but, yeah, it's a remake of, uh, like, an old 50s movie about a uh, killer bird in New York City. Oh, God. Yeah. Cinematographer Jacques Heiken. He worked as a cameraman and cinematographer on the first two Nightmare on Elm Street films, Maniac Cop 3, Wishmaster, Venom, Kong, Skull Island, and Galaxy of Terror. Sorry, I cannot say that any other way. Yeah, me neither. Especially <laughs> rat, rat Night of Terror. They put it like that on the poster and shit. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's just the way it has to be. <laughs> Movie stars Corey Haim as Nelson. Corey Haim, of course, known for The Lost Boys, License to Drive, Wishmaster 2, Silver Bullet, a troubled former teen actor who struggled with drug addiction his entire adult life and died from pneumonia at age 38. Also known for a very tumultuous relationship with Corey Feldman and the A&E reality series, The Two Corys. Also have Leo Rossi as Nelson's dad, Sam. He's a, a character actor. Pretty accomplished, too. He's got 106 acting credits since 1975, including Gotti, The Accused, Halloween 2, Relentless, and Analyze This. I guess whenever they need a generic Italian, they call this guy? Uh, kind of like generic Italian or just like uh, kind of laid back white dude from the 70s. But yeah. I remember like when I was a little kid, that guy was in, like every movie I watched. I was like, hey, is that? But he wasn't famous and I couldn't like wrap my head around that. That's kind of yeah. how, like I covered character actors. I'm like, oh, they're just, that's their job. And they're just, but like, yeah, no, this guy has been like, so many damn movies I've seen, and I'm like, I never know his name. I just know his face and his voice, and I'm like, you guys, you're like, see, I was, I was that way with Fred Willard for a long time too. Yeah, he would show up in something, and I go, oh crap, there's that guy that I like so much that I have no idea who he is. <laughs> I just remember that guy as uh, the army guy in uh, Final Cut. Yeah, love Fred Willard. He's great. Cynthia Rothrock is Lily. She is a martial artist turned actress who made a career of action B-movies, which yeah. makes sense when you see the fight choreography in this movie. Yeah. Best known for The Martial Arts Kid, China O'Brien, and Diary of a Lunatic. Yeah, uh, those uh, China O'Brien movies, I remember growing up watching uh, all those as like a series. <laughs> I was like... That was like her James Bond character. Okay. You know? So they made a couple of those, and there was like, I don't know. She was like everywhere, but it was like, they're like kung fu movies, but all of a sudden she'll take her shirt off and stuff. So they had to put them really late at night on Cinemax. Crap. Okay. Uh, she's a great actress. Uh, kind of made a comeback a little bit, uh, but mostly like uh, doing vo voice dubbing for old martial arts movies where they redub them. Yeah. That makes sense. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Ken Lerner is Tony, another fantastic character actor. He's got 155 film and TV credits since 1977. He's been in Laverne and Shirley, Chips, Cagney and Lacey, Greatest American Hero, Happy Days, The A-Team, RoboCop 2, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and The Running Man. Oh, yeah. That's an impressive... Uh... Yeah, and his his entire role in this movie is to be a Keystone cop. <laughs> yeah. Or or one of the three stooges. Now I will warn folks before we get too much into this movie. This movie is not kosher. It is not halal. It is not vegan. This movie is packed with as much ham as they could put in it. Oh yeah, no. It, it's like yeah, it's totally if Disney made out like a heist movie back. Oh yeah. Then. Those days, like if they released it like on something else, like Buena Vista or something, like didn't have the Disney name on it. This is what it totally feels like. And they told uh, Corey Haim to just crank the cheese all the way up. And he did oh, it. That, that's that guy's only speed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, 
each setting Corey Haynes got. I, I swear yeah. I love okay. uh like all his fucking movies, he's always tweaked to the nines and shit. He got yeah. that little <laughs> that little laugh that he does and shit. Yeah. But it's just as cheesy as can be. Finally, we got Marcia Strassman as Lorraine. She is known for playing Nurse Cutler on MASH. Julie Cotter in Welcome Back, Cotter. And she was Rick Moranis' wife, Diane Zielinski, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And she died of breast cancer in 2007. Mm -hmm. Movie opens with a stereotypical 80s pop song with lyrics that sound like they were written by a teenager. The soundtrack (laughs) in this movie is awful. Oh, yeah. All the songs were written for this movie for licensing reasons. And oh, my God, I think they paid 20 bucks for the for the songs. Yeah. There is a teenage boy walking through town following an attractive young girl into a bank. He's flirting with her while they're in line. And that's when robbers burst in. They grab him as a hostage and start collecting money from the tellers. Uh, The guy there's there's a, a guy and a, a female a bank robber and and the guy sounds almost like a carnival barker he's oh, yeah. been rehearsing this speech for a while i think uh the female bank like robber he, thinks she's chuck norris yeah like he's done this so many times that he's got this speech on dial like this is like what they do with yeah. running gun baking shit yeah so, but his, his his partner has to kick everybody and lots of yelling. Uh, they make everybody sing on top of old Smokey as they make their getaway, taking the hostage with them. Who he told one of the tellers that his name was Ron. He's going with them. A Dukes of Hazard car chase ensues as they speed backwards through oncoming traffic. Now, they manage to lose the police in traffic when they swerve around an RV and cause a bunch of cars to clog up the intersection. That's when it's revealed that this teenage boy is actually the bank robber's son, Nelson. The entire crew are Nelson and his dad, Sam, Sam's ninja girlfriend, Lily, and their getaway driver, Tony, who never gets to drive. Yeah, Tony's just dead weight. I don't know what the heck that's about. He's behind the wheel when they run out and get in the car, and Sam just tells him to move over. I think he's there just to make sure that the, the car engine doesn't die while they're in the bank. Yeah, maybe he just, he just procures the cars and just makes sure, yeah. <laughs> well, the cops locate him again, and Nelson has planned several getaway routes, so the Dukes of Hazard car chase continues, busting through a fence and a barn. Uh, Nelson has planned all this out. They're racing through a junkyard, which is also a farm. Yeah. They're growing junk. Yes. <laughs> but they've planned all this out. And said, Dad, you go through the fence, but remember, stay to the left of the ladder. And so he runs through the fence to the left of the ladder, and then the car, the cop car busts through the fence to the right of the ladder because why go through the hole that that car made when you can make your own hole? But there's something on the other side of the fence there, so now that cop car's out of the chase. And, and it's like that through the whole chase. Yeah. They manage to cause all the cops to crash, and then they drive off. At an old barn, they're ditching their getaway car. Uh, Sam tells Nelson to remember to get his baby shoe, which is their good luck charm, out of the car. Sam and Lily start making out while Nelson watches and kind of dry humps his gym bag. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a spot. <laughs> you can definitely tell that he's like... Uh... Kind of, kind of got odds for his dad's girlfriend, but it's Cynthia Rothrock, so it's kind of understandable. Kind Doesn't of, make yeah. it less creepier, though. Yeah. Apparently, Lily gets horny after a robbery, but Sam wants her to wait. Also, uh, Lily's tired of Nelson always being around watching them, and she accuses Sam of going soft, punches him in the dick, and walks away. <laughs> uh, turns Nelson is definitely emotionally stunted. And he seems a lot more like Sam's puppy than his son. Yeah. Sam asks Nelson where he wants to go next. Apparently, the boy plans all the robberies. Nelson wants to rob the bank in Webster, but Sam doesn't like that idea at all. This entire movie takes place in Utah or Colorado. There are lots of places in Utah with Webster in the name, but the only town I could find called Webster 
is a ghost town that sits on the border between two Indian reservations. And Webster Bank is actually a regional bank on the other side of the country in Connecticut. So they made stuff up for this, which makes sense, too, because licensing costs money. And this movie is not going to make money. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I don't think a ghost town is going to sue your ass, right? Probably not. No. Yeah. Well, Sam wants to um, make sure that, Nel that Nelson's feelings aren't hurt by anything he heard Lily say. Uh, so he explains that, you know, he likes her for her body, but uh, just nothing upstairs. He says, Dad, are you calling Lily a moron? And he says, not to her face, I'm not. And the camera pans out and Lily's downstairs hearing every word of it. Lily and Tony are counting up the money from the bank robbery. Looks like they got about $12,000. That's 4000 for each of them. But Sam tells her, you know, we always split it four ways. Nelson gets a cut. But Lily wants to change that up and cut the boy out. So Lily and Sam are going to fight. Now, the money gets knocked over and Tony and Nelson are scrambling trying to pick up the dropped cash while, while Sam and Lily fight. Nelson fires a shot into the air to stop the fight. Apparently their partnership is now dissolved. So Tony and Lily drive off in a red pickup, leaving Sam and Nelson standing on the road. Back in town, Sam and Nelson are scoping out cars to steal. Sam immediately eliminates any Japanese car. He's not going to get behind the wheel of a Japanese car. <laughs> Why not? He says, well, if you steal a Japanese car, yeah, they, the owner goes to the insurance company, gets the money, and then goes and buys another Japanese car. But if you steal American, that person will get the insurance money and buy another American car. So they're actually helping out the economy by helping by stealing American cars. <laughs> you you got to rationalize things, right? You can't just be a, a indiscriminate crook. Yeah, I might be a thief, but I'm not a bastard. Type. And I don't think there is a Japanese car that isn't built in America now. Yeah, no, that's true. There are plenty of American cars built in Canada and Mexico. Yeah, that's also true. Well, they finally settle on a car to steal and they sneak up on it, whistling loudly because nobody will notice that. <laughs> yeah. They hotwire the car and Nelson puts on some pop reggae on the radio. Sam explains that Nelson is going to have to go to school so that he can go to college and get his MBA and become a white collar criminal instead of a bank robber. That's where the real money is, is in corporate yeah. crime. Plus, the jails are nice too. <laughs> <laughs> well they're trying to drive out of the garage they don't have their parking ticket so they're gonna have to pay for the whole day which is six bucks i went downtown to a restaurant on second avenue and i was just looking for a place to park close by and the only lot i found charged me forty dollars to park for two hours oh yeah no I want to go back to this all-day parking for six bucks thing. I do, too. Uh, we went and saw Guar, <laughs> and yeah, the the uh, it was like an automated lot, and it was, yeah, it was like $40, $45, but then, like, the card reader kept on messing up, so, like, we're worried that, like, you know, did it, did it take the thing, or are we, are we good to go, you know? Yeah. That's even worse is, like, got, like, mostly, like, these little automated machines that like, don't even work half the time, and you're like, man, I don't really want to park you know yeah well nelson is kind of flirting with the girl at the at the uh at the parking garage so he hands her a hundred dollar bill and tells her to keep the change and away they go in their stolen car on the road nelson's asking sam about his mom's if she was still alive you think she'd rob banks with us and and sam tells nelson to to treat women with respect and and don't use them Nelson can't figure out how you get to have sex with them if you don't use them. Sam says that's why Nelson's going to go to law school. Uh, it was to get his MBA before, but now he has to go to law school to learn how to get laid while treating women with respect. <laughs> <laughs> and they argue over the radio station because, of course. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because both stations suck ass. So. They're horrible. Yeah. We got yeah. Some, some really bad 80s pop sort of except it's super slow yeah or 
crying country. The worst crying country ever imagined. (laughs) At a motel that night, Nelson and Sam are swapping license plates in the rain, which Sam has to do, or Nelson has to do with his mouth wide open the whole time. Yeah. And apparently it's the funniest thing he's ever done. In the hotel room, they're plan- Nelson is planning their next heist while wearing the nastiest socks ever to appear on screen. <laughs> nice, clean white socks, except for the bottom of them, which looks like you've been walking across a parking lot barefoot all day. Yeah. He still wants to go to Webster. Uh, Sam wants to go to Collinsville instead, because in Collinsville, they're having a lottery in Utah, a state where all gambling is illegal. and the money is gonna be stashed at the local post office none of this makes sense none of it makes any sense at all next we see nelson in drag (laughs) and he hops in the car with sam he's putting on his makeup as they drive to the post office in collinsville sam keeps a cordless shaver in the glove box and makes nelson shave before finishing his makeup and what I thought was kind of a cool touch here is there's a rubber band holding the shaver together. Yeah. That, that was probably accidental because it was a cordless shaver somebody found in a drawer and the battery cover wouldn't stay on, so they put a rubber band on it. But it, it makes it look more real. Yeah, it's because, you know, like, for one, his dad looks like some guy that would never throw away an electric shaver, which... I can't get yes. with that. I throw them away as soon as I get them for Christmas. But yeah, <laughs> little little things like that add to the realism of the movie. Yeah. Inside the post office, there's a creepy fat clerk eating a payday candy bar. Nelson walks up and plays flirty girl as he asks for change for the stamp machine. And while Nelson's getting stamps, or at least pretending to buy stamps, two guys bring in. Big bags full of cash from the lottery. Nelson signals his dad with his makeup mirror, and the clerk asks Nelson out on a date. And that's when Sam busts in to steal the lottery money, taking Nelson hostage. This is this is their plan every single time. Nelson goes in first, and then his dad busts in and grabs him as a hostage. That way he doesn't have to worry about kidnapping charges in addition to robbery. Solid plan. Checks out. Well, they go into the back and steal the lottery money, which is spread out on a table drug dealer style. Because if you're a government office, why wouldn't you have your money stacked up drug dealer style on a table? Oh, yeah. Well, it, you know, it, it just looks cooler camera-wise. Yeah. It was- That's easier to get it all in a trash bag. Instead of stealing yeah. the bags that it was already in, they can sweep it off the table into a trash bag. A flimsy ass trash bag too. It's not like it was a hefty, like just like kind of like this <laughs> real thin, really small, like office trash bag. Like a half a step better than using a Walmart bag as your trash bag. Yeah, but then they got these money bags that are like full canvas and shit, you know, and you'd have to get like a really sharp knife or something to, you know, cut them open and grab. But now let's go with the flimsy trash bag. Yeah, the trash bag that if you put a Snickers in it, it would cut a hole through it. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) Well, Sam makes them sing as they escape. That's another one of his things. He makes them sing a song as he escapes. He's got them singing the Star Spangled Banner. But it doesn't matter where he's, what he's robbing or what they're singing. He never likes the way they're singing it. So he tells them to sing it better. This time he tells them to sing with feeling. So the flat or the fat clerk busts out his Pavarotti version of the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> yeah, he's in the wrong line of work. Yeah. Uh, before they can uh, leave, though, the alarms sound and another car chase is on, following Nelson's Plan B. They're big chase through town, and Nelson tells him to turn through this parking structure. The chase ends pretty quickly when Nelson and Sam jump off a low wall onto the, the street below, but the cops all crash. Yeah. And Nelson and Sam drive across the ricketyest bridge in the history of ricketydom. <laughs> this is the Royal George Bridge in Royal George Park, located in Royal George, Colorado. 
for the story they're still in utah but but this bridge is is awesome and it is a a landmark that you can go to it's a it's a wooden suspension bridge that apparently you can drive across or maybe they let them drive across it for the movie otherwise it's just foot traffic but it's a huge bridge as they're heading across the bridge which has a 10 mile per hour speed limit the rid the bridge is that rickety mm-hmm. before they can get across police block both ends of the bridge so nelson's got an idea There's a winch there for some reason, and they're going to use that to lower themselves down into the canyon below. Uh, They get out of the car. The cops are way on the other ends of this huge bridge, so they can't hear what Nelson and Sam are saying. And Nelson's telling him, look, pretend I'm still a hostage. Tell me to pick this up and tell me to do that. And they fasten themselves into this harness and attach themselves to a cable, and they start up the winch which starts lowering them down the bridge in the slowest getaway since O.J. Simpson. (laughs) I mean, they're lowering down like one or two feet per minute on this bridge. That is until the police drive onto the bridge and the police are doofuses. So one of them bumps a barricade, which hits the lever on the winch and puts it into neutral, sending Sam and Nelson into a free fall. (laughs) <laughs> One of the cops manages to 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 hit the brakes on the winch eventually, just before they land in the river. And so they think they're okay, except the police just put the winch in reverse and start pulling them back up to the bridge. That's when Nelson decides they're just going to unhook their harnesses from this cable, dropping them into the river, and they butch and Sundance out of there. Hell yeah. While they fell into the river, Nelson managed to hang on to the bag of money the whole time, so they got away with it. And now, well, Nelson wants to go to Webster and rob that bank next. But Sam says they are done stealing. They're going straight. Now, my guess at this point is that declaration will last the next 92 seconds. (laughs) Cut to another hotel room where Tony is stuffing his face with chips and a burger when Lily walks in, demanding sex for the second time that day. But Tony's worn out, so she bounces on him in a Three Stooges-style seduction scene. It turns out they're waiting for Sam and Nelson to show up and rob the Webster Bank. Lily asks Sam what their room number is for some reason. But we, they, we never get the punchline to that joke. We get a setup to a joke that they're never going to deliver. We just see Lily taking her top off. See that from behind because this movie's PG-13. Yeah. So essentially you see a bare shoulder and then she grabs Tony by his shirt and Tony gets pulled off camera going whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is a Three Stooges scene for sure. At a car lot, Sam is going to buy a car instead of stealing one. There's some really quick haggling, which really isn't much haggling. And as they drive down the highway, Sam and Nelson um, switch seats so Nelson can drive. Nelson is 16, but I don't think he has a driver's license. I don't think he's ever been to school. I don't think there's any paperwork on this boy at all. Yeah. Well, his dad's bankrupt. He's been growing up robbing banks. It's, yeah, exactly. I guess it's school of hard knocks or whatever, you know? He's as off the grid as you can get. I bet he can't read. I'll Probably not. Yeah. Well, they are headed to the town of Saddle River. Uh, Sam is going to sleep while Nelson drives them to Saddle River. Nelson asked him for some change so they could stop and get a soda pop. And he says, here, take it. It's like eight bucks worth of change. Where do you get this stuff? When morning comes, though, they're not in Saddle River. Nelson has driven them to Webster. Dun, dun, dun. He parks outside a diner and wakes Sam up so they can eat by doing the little there's a fly on your nose thing and then thumping his nose really hard. (laughs) Dick. Inside the diner, Sam sees on the placemat that they are not in Saddle River, and he is pissed because they were supposed to go there. Nelson explains that when he stopped at the gas station to get a soda, he talked to the attendant there, and he found out that Saddle River 
has an all-boys prep school, and that's why his dad wanted to go there. So instead, I took you to Webster, and we're going to rob this bank. <laughs> Lesson here is don't let the kid drive. Oh, yeah. Because that's all bullshit. Like, they're, they're, they, they, he goes to sleep, right? And he gives him the change and goes to sleep. And then he, that kid immediately gasps it. See the needle going to 80, you know? Yeah. And you knew right then that he wasn't going to do that shit. He was going to go straight to fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, and rob that bank. Yeah. Well, as they're sitting there talking, uh, Nelson switches sides of the table, and he's sitting next to his dad and pointing out the window. Right across the street is the Webster Bank, and an armored car is delivering sacks of money, and everybody with the armored car company just walks away from the armored car, leaving the back of it wide open. Oh, my God. Like in Groundhog Day, waiting for Bill Murray to come up and steal a couple bags of money. So that's enough to win Sam over. I guess we can go ahead and rob the bank. Next scene, they are robbing the bank. Sam is holding Nelson hostage again. In the hotel room across the street, Tony is brushing his teeth with the loudest electric toothbrush ever made. <laughs> While Lily is on the phone, she would like to report a robbery. This is not good. Inside the bank, Sam tells everybody to sing Deck the Halls and for Christ's sake, sing it on key. <laughs> As they leave, they are surrounded by police. Sam and Nelson are busted. They really think Nelson's a hostage, so they're really taking him into protective custody. But Sam gets slammed down against the hood of the cop car and cuffed. Lily has a plan now. She's going to pose as Nelson's sister and claim him from the police. Uh, Tony grabs her boob and says she doesn't look like anybody's sister. But Lily's not interested right now, so Tony's going to get hurt. Cut to a really nice-looking Utah cabin. A woman is watching the news while ironing clothes, and the place is decorated with photos of her and a little boy, along with baby toys and stuffed animals. There are zero surprises in this movie. Every single move is telegraphed. Oh, yeah, no. It was like the time. It's like they thought that was like smart foreshadowing and shit, but it's like this, you know, you're telegraphing yeah. everything. Uh, you know, surprise in the movie. That's the way. Oh it was yeah, actually. yeah. I mean, if you watch this movie and you see this bit, you go, "Oh, well, here's the boy's mom." Yeah. Um, we realize this is exactly what happened. What what's going on when breaking news comes on the TV about the bank robbery, and she sees Sam and Nelson being taken into custody, yells, "Oh crap!" and runs out of the house. At the police station, Nelson is refusing to talk to police. He's not telling them anything. And Sam, Sam's being booked while they're photographing him, taking his mugshot. They share a private look. And then a woman, the woman from the cabin, is at the front desk talking to police. Sam sees her and he gets that oh crap look on his face. This might be why he didn't want to come to Webster. I don't think it had anything to do with security at the bank. Yeah. He was trying to avoid his baby mama. <laughs> well, apparently she is taking Nelson home with her. Tony and Lily are show up at the police station, too. They're outside. They've just pulled up in their big red pickup truck, and they get out, and they're walking across the grass. But when Nelson and... Uh, Lorraine come walking out of the police station. They duck behind a car and hide. I don't know what the what they're hiding for. I mean, yeah, Nelson might recognize them, but so I don't really get why they why they needed to hide there. I don't know. It's, it's something really dramatic to do, so it looks action packed, but it's kind of silly. Yeah. Also, she drives a Japanese car. <laughs> Kind of looked like a late 80s 300ZX. Yeah. On the drive home, Lorraine tells Nelson that she's a friend of his dad's and they met on the demolition derby circuit. That's when she learned where she learned to drive. All of a sudden, she remembers she left the iron on and punches it. Super punches it. 
Yes, she does. She's weaving in and out of traffic on a two-lane road. Tony and Lily are trying to follow in that big old truck, but no luck. No. There's this one part where she cuts off like a little uh, like a little brown car and takes yeah. a left. And then the, the truck tries to do the same thing, but it like it can't. It stops, you know, because that car is in the way. And yeah. just like for some reason, like gas just comes out of the gas tank, like a bunch of <laughs> And like I remember watching it, I was like, what is that about? Like what happened? Because it, it was kind of I guess they lost the gas cap. Who knows? Like they really stuck at driving, man. Yes, they do. How can that guy be a getaway driver and just be losing gas? Maybe Maybe that's why the getaway driver was never actually allowed to drive. Uh, yeah, I hate. Yeah. <laughs> also, Nelson has never heard of any of his dad's girlfriends named Lorraine, and his dad told him about everybody he's ever been with, like thousands of friends. <laughs> <laughs> At home, they meet Honey, who catches Nelson's eyes because he's a horny 16 year old virgin. Yeah. On the refrigerator is a flyer for a concert when Lorraine played at the Salt Lake Amphitheater. It seats 8,000 people at $15 a head. That's quite a heist right there, huh? Yeah, sounds like a good, good score. Well, Nelson needs to get started busting Sam out of jail. It's a deal they have. If one of them gets caught, the other one gets them out. But Lorraine tries to talk him out of it, and then Honey appears for her driving lesson. <laughs> Nelson is trying to teach Honey how to drive a stick shift and she sucks at it like deliberately bad she's pushing every single pedal as fast as she can I mean I get it it's not an, the easiest thing to learn but geez they stop at the chamber of commerce so Nelson can get some maps and they drive around town Nelson's making her stop at a bunch of different places so he can get more maps and more maps and more maps and they drive around to the back of the jailhouse, too, so they can check out some things there. It turns out that Honey thinks he's teaching her how to drive, but he's actually planning a jailbreak. Hell yeah. They pull behind the jail and park, and Nelson is checking out. There's a ladder. I guess we're going to see the ladder soon. There's a trash truck. We'll probably see the trash truck soon. Now, Honey decides this is her chance to make out with Nelson. And they end up having sex in the back seat of the car parked behind the jail like there aren't any cameras around a jail. Well, maybe not then. Maybe not then, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's, like, all concentrating on the details of his jailbreak thing. And then out of nowhere, she just starts trying to seduce the shit out of him. And she's working she's... hard for it. And yeah, he's like, she's, she's oh, working no, no. hard, and there's a payout, too. <laughs> and she just, like, pulls a condom out of nowhere and, like, ah, shit, you know what, Dad? I'm going to have to put you on hold. You know? <laughs> yeah. They beat him in there. Right? He, can, he can wait a couple of days. Yeah, I mean, he's safe in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they head back home, and Honey drops Nelson off at Lorraine's house. Honey can actually drive really well now. Apparently, all she needed was uh, a jump in the back seat. Yeah, clear your thinking up. I guess. <laughs> Inside the house, Lorraine isn't around. She's got this place furnished with pictures of her and a little boy and baby toys. And she's got one of those really sweet 1970s freestanding fireplaces that I liked so much when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. The, the place is like supremely cozy. Like it looks like a nice yes. like, Colorado mountain thing, even though there's been uh, there is Salt Lake now. Yeah. But yeah. it totally looks like something in Colorado. <laughs> well, I mean, not too far from Salt Lake is is Ogden, where I lived in the 70s. And, and Ogden sits right at the base of the Rocky Mountains. Like, if you drive to the edge of town, you start going straight up. Uh, so you're, like, right on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you drive over the mountain, you're in Wyoming. <laughs> That's actually the way it works. Um, it's like Wyoming built a big wall and it's like, keep those out people over there. <laughs> Stay out of Wyoming. So Nelson starts looking through these photos uh, of the kid. Uh, anybody want to guess who the kid is? Uh, oh, I know who he is. Uh, who is he? 
Jimmy Hoffa. You are correct. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Nelson is uh, missing his dad, and a sad country song is playing while we, we switch back and forth between shots of sad Nelson on his bed surrounded by maps and sad Sam laying on a cot in a jail cell. Lorraine comes in. She wants Nelson to help her with dinner. <laughs> he says she's not a bad cook for a woman. We know what kind of women his dad likes to have around now. Yeah. He can actually cook pretty good himself if it's SpaghettiOs or cold cereal. Hey, man. Those are staples. They are. <laughs> that and Chips Ahoy. Oh, man. As long as you got a box of Lucky Charms, a can of SpaghettiOs, and uh, some Chips Ahoy, you got it made. Yes, sir. He asked about the boy in the pictures, and she said that is her son, but she lost him a long time ago. And he and try, he tries immediately to enlist her as his getaway driver, which she does not want to do, but we know she's going to do it. Yeah. That night, she's parked a few blocks away from the jail, just like we knew was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson sets up a ladder and then heads over to the trash truck. And drives the trash truck straight through the wall of the jail, busting Sam out. I don't know if it would work that easily as somebody who has driven something into a block wall on purpose. I'm, I'm not sure it's quite that easy, but she did it. He did it. He did. It comes tumbling down and Sam gets out. They climb up the ladder onto the roof. They're being chased across rooftops by police. They... Jump down off the rooftop onto a balcony. The police don't really want to make that jump, so Sam and Nelson get away. They slide down a light pole because there's a light pole there. You have to slide down it. Those are the rules. <laughs> they pile into Lorraine's tiny little car and speed away. Sam says, yo, you still got this little Japanese thing? It's a pretty good car. <laughs> Which causes Nelson to give him a really weird look. Back at Lorraine's house, Lorraine is not happy to see Sam. Apparently, they split up 12 years ago. He says that he abandoned her for her own good because her music... Because I left you, you had a successful career as a, as a singer. Now, this is where we're supposed to learn the obvious secret that Lorraine is actually Nelson's mom. It is finally revealed that they had they are Nelson's parents and that Sam took off with Nelson 12 years ago and left her behind. In the hotel room, Lily must be bored because she's practicing her karate, breaking all of the furniture and the luggage and almost Tony. <laughs> It looks like Tony has been out trying to track down Lorraine and he found the bar where she works and she gets off work at 10 o'clock. So apparently not so successful a singer now since she's, you know, singer for the stage band in a honky tonk, basically. Yeah. In Nelson's room, Nelson tells Sam, guess what, dad? I got laid. <laughs> and so there's a little celebration uh, with a really goofy dance, too. Because he's got the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Sam tells Nelson that he wants him to stay there with Lorraine. Uh, Sam says, no, I can't stay with her. I need to stay with you. She's nothing like us. And Sam says, look, she is like us. She's your mom. To which Nelson asks, are you trying to say she's my mom? <laughs> God. <laughs> I, you know, I was trying to say it, but no. Yeah. God, he could. I mean, it's bad enough that every single line Corey Haim has in this movie, he delivers twice. He says everything twice. Yeah. It's like one one line is like in a kind of really goofy way. And then the next line is like no smile, serious tone. Still got the same kind of goofy voice, but his face is different. Yeah. You know? And it's like that's just pretty much his job throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And, and it it's... It's kind of bizarre. I've seen some comedians do this, too. They'll just repeat everything to make sure you understood it. But he does this with everything. Every line gets delivered twice. I'm going over here to get this thing, Dad. I'm going to go get this thing. That sort of thing. Every line has to be delivered twice. And, and so 
she's your mom. Are you trying to say she's my mom? Yeah. <laughs> and it was bad, like a bunch of these movies that he was in, because he was in a bunch of these like movies, you know, where they're like straight to cable. Right. It's the thing every movie is like, yeah. Yeah. So too. that's that's just the way Corey Haim acted. Yeah, has a school of acting. Yeah. Since Sam lied to Nelson for so many years about his mom, because I think based on their conversation early in the movie, Nelson thought his mom was dead. Yeah. Well, if you lied to me all this time, I can't trust you anymore. So Nelson kicked Sam out of his room. Sam reminds Nelson, you know where the money's buried. This is the only foreshadowing that's never going to pay off for us. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tony and Lily are tailing Lorraine back to Nelson. They were parked out, or they were parked outside the bar where Tony said that she's singing at this bar and she gets off at 10 o'clock. So they were parked out of there and they see Lorraine getting in the car and see, I told you she gets off at 10. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like, it's a really cool shot you know it's got that thing where it's like everything's on focus focused in the foreground and then everything's in focus on the background and it looks really cool and then he fucks it up as the don't you get out of there yeah so they're following her back to her house because they really want nelson for some reason well when they get back to the house they break in and kidnap nelson lily kind of kicks Lorraine around a bit. They grab Nelson and leave. Cut to the next morning, Sam is calling, and Lorraine tells him about the kidnapping. He said, did you see who it was? It's, no, it's just a guy and a girl who kicked me in the stomach. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her to get all of Nelson's maps and notes and meet him at a diner in Salt Lake City. And that's where they figure out that Nelson is planning a heist. He, he is planning to rob the Salt Lake Amphitheater. Next thing we see is Lily in the ticket booth with a shotgun, and she pulls down the blinds. As soon as she does that, Sam pulls the gun on Tony, who is sitting in the red pickup truck, brushing his teeth. Tony isn't too bothered by it, though, you know? He's really calm for somebody with a gun pointed at his head. Lily is inside robbing the ticket booth with Nelson as a hostage. This time, Nelson's got dynamite strapped to him, and she's got the detonator in his hand. So load the money into the bag, or I'm going to blow the kid up. The kid that I'm holding on to, who is standing right next to me, I'm going to make him explode. Like, that won't hurt <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. They leave the amphitheater with the money and get to the truck. Sam, she makes Sam back away. She's threatening to blow Nelson up if he does anything. She gives Tony the remote, and they drive off. Tony's driving. Nelson and Lily are in the back of the pickup, and Lily's got a shotgun pointed at him. Another car chase. Sam and Lorraine are trying to cut Tony and Lily off. There's a bunch of, there's, there's Tony and Lily and Nelson in the pickup truck. They're being chased by half a dozen cop cars, and that's all being tailed by Sam and Lorraine in her little Japanese car. They've got Nelson's maps, so they know his getaway route, and they're going to try to cut him off. This is the big car chase in the movie. Yeah, that's what we've been waiting for. Yeah. So as they're running from the cops, Lily is standing in the back of the in the bed of the pickup with a shotgun. She shoots a station wagon pulling a trailer, causing it to spin out and block the street and all the cops crash into it. So Tony, Lily and Nelson get away, but not for long because Lorraine and Sam know where they're going and they're waiting for them. When they drive past, Lorraine and Sam give, give chase in her little Japanese car. And Nelson sees them behind him, and him and Lily get into a fight in the bed of the pickup truck. She tries to push him out of the truck for some reason, and there are two rolls of chain-link fence in the back of this truck. Don't know what that's for. Actually, we do. It's for the next scene. Yeah, it's for the next stunt. <laughs> yeah. They're, that's their getaway truck, right? Yeah. 
And yeah, they got like these. Why do they have the fence? I mean, it's their truck. It's not like they stole that truck with and then put it in there, you know? Right. And it's like yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense. That's I mean, what I, I mean. Know, yeah. I mean, it's in there for the story, but we're we're just supposed to see this casually and assume, oh, yeah, it's a pickup truck. It's going to have stuff like that in the back. Yeah. Well, the tailgate drops for some reason, and the fence unrolls with Nelson on it, and now he's being pulled in the worst slide ever down the middle of the street. Yeah. Oh, man, it is cool because, like, it's unfulls, uh, you know, and then his weight gets it and then like the the bar that it's like connected to kind of like catches and then they're, they're just dragging them down the street and yes. you're like what well, that's bad you know they couldn't get any worse and then just as that happens a helicopter comes up over the uh road yes and, and lily's they- got a lily's got a 12 gauge shotgun that she thinks she can shoot a helicopter down with and you know what she's right <laughs> Well, while she's shooting at the at the helicopter, Lorraine pulls up next to the truck, and Sam jumps out into the bed of the truck. Once he's in the truck, Lily actually blows up the engine of the helicopter with her shotgun, and the helicopter's gone, and now Sam and Lily are fighting. Nelson is still being dragged around like your brother did when you stuck him in the wagon and pulled it behind your bike. <laughs> yeah. Like fish tailing <laughs> and stuff. It's really cool. There was this one shot where it's like the camera's down like a little uh decline, you know, and it's pointed up at the road. Yes. And the stuntman is like tied to the fence, just kind of like goes airborne for a little bit and then bounces back down. And yeah. It's not a dump. You can definitely tell it's like someone that's like going stiff and they're like, no, I don't want to die. And yeah, they're, they're like, it's a shitty movie, but the stunts and the camera work is fucking awesome in it. Some, yes, exactly. Yeah, the, some of the stunts are fantastic, especially this bit here uh, with him being dragged down. The fight scenes are horrible. Yeah. Um, the the plot is obvious and way too cheesy, but the this stunt scene is, is really great. So Sam and Lily are having a karate fight in the back of the truck while Nelson's still being dragged. Lily gets knocked to the pavement, and Lorraine almost runs over her. She swerved around her for some reason. The Sam tries to climb into the cab of the truck, and so Tony starts swerving all over the road to try to throw him off. And, and of course, Nelson is still dragging behind. Um, they kind of kept in mind you know, what would happen if somebody was being dragged down the road, and, and so now Nelson's hands look kind of bloody. Yeah, it's like just temper paint on this shit. <laughs> and the detonator that is it will blow up Nelson's dynamite vest is just sitting on the dash of the truck like it's Velcroed there. <laughs> yeah, they're like swerving all over the place. And that thing hasn't moved since the beginning. Not a bit, no. Well, Sam manages to climb in to the cab of the truck um, and he and Tony fight. As Lorraine follows, Lorraine kind of pulls up beside him and Tony runs her off the road. As they fight over the detonator, Tony kind of loses control of the truck and drives off the off the road. Sam bails out at that point. The detonator falls out of the truck with him a little ways away from him. Tony keeps going, runs over this trailer that's just sitting here in this gravel lot. It chops the top off the truck, and maybe clean. Tony too. It chops it off clean, like no. Yes, it in. does. It's like it chops it off really clean, and then Tony sits up. Ha ha! You didn't get me. <laughs> he does that double take where he like <laughs> grabs his head and then grabs his head again and makes sure he's not like. <laughs> Is like, my head oh. still here? Yeah, it's and still it's here. Like, oh, Is no, it yeah, still it's attached? Okay. <laughs> it's fucking funny. <laughs> Well, he sees Sam crawling towards the detonator on the ground, so he puts the truck in reverse. Uh, Nelson, still hanging onto the chain link, buddy. So now we're going backward. The chain link is going to roll up under him, so Nelson actually grabs a hold of the tailgate of the truck. He pulls the dynamite vest off and, and sets it on the tailgate. Nelson ro- kind of rolls away at that point, 
as Tony floors it straight towards Sam and the detonator. He's going to run over one or both of them. And it looks like Sam's not going to get to the detonator. That's when out of nowhere, here comes Lorraine and plows right into the side of the truck with her little Japanese car, sending the truck over the cliff. (laughs) It goes tumbling down the cliff. At the bottom of the cliff, the truck blows up, but not before you see the wreckage of the truck they sent down the cliff for the first take. Yeah, that's really fucking uh, comical. It's like, <laughs> uh, who like red pickup trucks down here. Also, Th- that's uh, just the, the spot in Utah where they crash red pickup trucks uh, all the yeah. time. It happens like every Thursday. <laughs> they ought to put a guardrail up right there, man. Seriously. I mean, it's only the red truck, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they 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 did two takes of this car truck going over the cliff, and they didn't clean up the first take before they did the second one. Probably did two explosions also, man. They might have. Because that, that one that's at the bottom already, it looks like it's exploded. Yes. It's like marks and shit but look, it's kind of turned I'm, inside out too yeah when the truck goes over and you see it tumbling you see the dynamite on that chain link vent just get thrown yes and i thought but it like, blows up at the bottom yeah it, it still blows up the bottom but like he's dead named the dynamite the dynamite's are like over here you know but yeah no it's, <laughs> it's well sam tony and lorraine all pile into or sam nelson and Lorraine all pile into Lorraine's car, which apparently is not as totaled as it looked in the previous shot. Oh, no, it looks and, like Lorraine. And they drive off, and we hear police sirens in the distance. So the police are catching up here. And as they drive away, you can hear Tony hollering. Tony wasn't in the truck when it hit the bottom. He's hanging from a tree root, Wiley e. Coyote style. Yeah, it's just like Looney Tunes, man. <laughs> In a different car, Nelson, Lorraine, and Sam are now in Canada, and they're fighting over the radio station still. Nelson's wearing one of those goofy cyclist caps that I loved so much in the late 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great product placement, too, because that's British Knights. I used to wear those back around the stuff. Everybody wore those from, like, 87 or 88 all the way through the late 90s. Everybody wore British Knights. That big ass like metal shield on the back of it and all that shit. Yeah. Sam asks if Nelson brought any maps of Canada, but Lorraine says she's calling the shots now and they are going straight until we see a bank that looks like it'll be easy to rob and then she's all in. Family laugh, roll credits. Roll credits. That was just a goofy, fun movie. Yeah. It was like a nice. Like I said, like a weekend movie, you know, like you're bored in the middle of the weekend and you're like, yeah, just pop that in. Right. Uh, and plus, you know, you can do the uh, the double feature with the sequel where it's like the continuing adventures of the family together, Robin Banks and shit. Yeah. And uh, honestly, yeah, for me, this story needs to stop right here and I'm yeah. done with it. The se- the sequel, I, w- I don't know that I would enjoy it as much. No, it's, it's but- not as and and it's going to follow the same kind of formula. Yeah. Except the mom's going to get get uh, arrested this time. <laughs> <laughs> but quick, you don't really have to think much about it. And the, uh, the stunts are fucking awesome. This is a really short movie. It's only 86 minutes long. So, yeah, you can you can go through this one really quick. And just uh, shut your brain off for a few minutes and watch some car chases. Yeah. Plus, it's like I'm, one of the very few movies that like Cynthia Rothrock did that was like an American movie because most of her shit was like foreign. I mean, it was yeah. market for here, but like, yeah. And uh, as is kind of like going to be her American movie debut, even though she is American. And she, right. she did the movies and shit. Plus, like, you know, Corey Haynes got to have a job. <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, a tragic story, Corey Haim. I mean, addiction's never pretty. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he knew what he liked to do on screen, and, and 
he he liked to cheese it up and and this is a spot that was made specifically for him all right man i think that's a podcast oh yeah we hope you enjoyed this podcast we had a lot of fun making it be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us you can follow cdf pod on facebook and instagram or at cdf underscore pod on twitter you can also visit our website at cdfpod.com and don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to patreon.com slash cdf pod join us next time as we explore another movie so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made Thank you.